0: this standing up for each other between the females. I think that's really key that we have that allyship between the women and that trust. And I think the trust challenge is is they're bigger than with the men for whatever reason. It's just a bit different between women and that's something we need to work on as women because that's probably not helping in, in the workplace either to make sure that we have these allies between us and also stand up for each other and and push for each other and and support the other women at work. I think that that's really key, Hello, Grüezi, bonjour!
1: Welcome to Fish in the Boardroom, the podcast where we talk about what we can each do to increase diversity, equity and inclusion in Swiss leadership. I'm Andrea Ullmann and I'm your host on this journey. With all the information and all the talk on diversity, do you ever wonder where we really are in Switzerland and where to get started? To help you answer this question, I've put together some resources. If you visit fishintheboardroom.ch, you'll be able to download this tool and sign up to my newsletter to be notified when new episodes are released. Hi, dear listener. Welcome to the third season of Fish in the Boardroom, which we kick off with Corina Grunenfelder. Corina is the co-lead quant and analytics at EY in Zurich. And as such, she is one of the few women in a very, very male-dominated technical field. She has a master's in financial mathematics from EPFL, another one in statistics from Imperial College in London, and is a fully qualified actuary of the Swiss Actuarial Association. I'm talking to Corinna today about how it is for a woman to work in a male-dominated field, about how EY is supporting her in her career development, and about where she still sees some progress to be made. Special thanks goes to EY Switzerland for supporting this episode and advocating diversity and inclusion. Corinna, welcome to Fish in the Boardroom. Thank you. (laughs) To start with... You work in the quant and analytics team at EY, as I already mentioned. And I was wondering, what does it
0: even mean? What do you do? Um, yeah, that's a, a good question because it, uh, it's a standalone, it doesn't say much. So uh, what we do is basically we are consulting financial services companies, uh, especially in risk management, uh, where we cover all topics that relate to quant and analytics. Um, themes. So mostly we're focusing on quantitative risk management and analytics solutions in risk. So it could uh, be for market risk, for credit risk, for operational risks, but also for compliance risks. And we perform in this context, all types of risk modeling um, from traditional models to machine learning models and advanced analytics. Um, with the most uh, recent developments, it's also more and more in the direction of climate risks, for example, but also broadly ranging from uh, asset managers to insurers and banks overall. So it could be any type of financial services company that we work for and where we develop models uh, or assess models for the clients typically.
1: This sounds like a very specialized and special field and i bet you don't see many women what motivated you to choose this field for
0: your studies and then for for your career Mm, maybe if i start back at my studies i think that was out of pure interest so i studied pure math Didn't really know what I was planning on doing afterwards. And then I became an actuary when I started working after my studies at ETH. So still a a very technical mathematical topic. And um, as you say, it's it's pretty specialized. It's been over 10 years that I'm in the field. It's it's very much into the content. But then on the other hand, we're in consulting. So it's very dynamic and it's also client-facing. And I think that's kind of the interesting... Uh, the interesting part about the work that we have a very dynamic and ever-changing client work that we're doing. I think when you start after university, you can uh, still work much more on the technical aspects. But for me, after uh, so many years, it's no longer a pure technical coding role, but more and more also a managerial role. So I think that's Uh, also an interesting part also coming from a technical background it's still it's still very interesting also to to work with the people and the clients and to find solutions to technical problems but also management problems in that sense so it's it's really a broad a broad role and making every day exciting basically
1: um and how has it been for you to be in this very male dominated area
0: um i would say it's Always been like this since uh, basically high school, because already then you you select math and it's already the proportions are quite clear. Um, I honestly I never really understood why, but that's I guess just uh, something that we still need to work on. Um, at ETH it was obviously the same. It's it's not been any different than before at work uh, as well. I am used to it. Let's put it like that. It's not for me. It's never been an issue or, or similar. But uh, I just see that at work, it's um, it's really a tough uh, task to try and and have a, an equal balance. So we we really try to balance it out, to hire equally, to really make sure the women also stay. But it's it's a challenge because already the baseline is is probably not equal. So we are working on creating female networks and have that that community also building up and strengthening that's really key for for the future generation and to ensure we have a good a good amount of female representatives and also broader DNI aspects I and mean, it's not just females but i think it's just important that we ensure that the team is diverse across all types of aspects and yeah i think in the technical field that the female percentage is just lower overall so that's the easiest one to work on to start with Starting from the
1: start, yeah, I looked at some some statistics yeah, and uh, found out that uh, in, in Swiss universities the share of women in in mint, so mathematics, information technology, natural science and technology, was uh, under twenty percent still, and it's been improving, but it's very very slow. And if you look at overall the jobs, it's like six point five percent, so it's very little. And um, you, ma- you mentioned it right now, EY has a number of initiatives, is really trying to to hire equally and is also committed to creating this inclusive and diverse environment. What has your experience been with such initiatives
0: and how have they helped you in your career? Um, I think there's a number of uh, really good initiatives. I- I think the key one for me, I would say, is, is this next wave leadership that's been rolled out over the last year or so. And it's actually for both males and females, and it should support DNI behavior. I think that's really key because I don't think us as women alone, we can create the change. I think we need the awareness and the reflection and the perception change overall. So it's really, I think it's much more than just, okay, we need to make sure that women can represent or have the right representation, but we also need that cultural change overall. So it's, it's really a bit of a transformation that will take time. And I think these programs that are geared at creating the awareness, making sure the, the leadership team is going in the right direction and taking care of these, these really important aspects. And then we have other programs such as mentoring programs, which are also a key part but they're kind of more individual um individually targeted and help the single person to advance in their career and reflect on, on certain um behaviors for example or certain challenges that they might have but that's really individual and and tailored whereas i think the broader leadership culture is is what we need to change overall and we need to we need to make sure that this is progressing. I think a lot has been done over the last couple of years, but it's still something we need to be aware of and really make sure we're all taking it into account at work.
1: And do you feel like since this has been brought into the company, there's been more talk about diversity uh, and, and more awareness
0: within I think, leadership? Yeah, I think this is one uh, of the initiatives. Previously, there were others. So across, I think across uh, all the initiatives, there's just a large push. And then we have in the different service lines. We also have DNI representatives. We have an overall DNI uh, representative um, for financial services, and that goes also into more global DNI initiatives. So I think it's really across the firm that we're trying to engage and to create awareness around the topic.
1: Um, so what else would you wish
0: for? What else would you like to, to see happen? What's a bit of a challenge is really the time to reflect and discuss with other female colleagues, for example, and being open to talk about it. I think that's really key. And one other thing I would wish for, and that's a bit broader, is really that the women are seeing other women more as competition. And that's a behavioral thing I think we need to, as women, we need to change. I think we have to work together and, and, um, Support each other, and I think that's sometimes a bit difficult between women. And I think that's something we could easily improve among ourselves and an improved overall collaboration.
1: You you must have some women in your team, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming you are walking the talk. <laughs>
0: I'm, <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> well, that we would need to ask them, but I would I would hope. <laughs> so how,
1: how are you trying to support them specifically?
0: Mm, one one key is to speak up for them if i feel they're not perceived the way they should be because i think that's also a very a very difficult topic because the male leaders probably don't perceive the women in some situations as i perceive these women Mm -hmm. as a woman that might sound a bit strange but i think um there's behavioral aspects that uh, are really key and that the men are not aware or a lot of men are not aware. It's always on average, obviously. I think everybody would claim they're treating all the people equally. And the behavioral aspect is is then difficult to take into account because maybe the, the women on average are less bullish or less pushy and the men just claim for more. Or are also more more convinced about their statements, or more yeah more sure about themselves on average. That that's perceived as they're more advanced than the women who might put exactly the same effort in the exactly same output. They just don't sell themselves as well as as the guys. So I think that I'm trying to manage, but works yeah depending on the case or on the on the context. Uh, but I think we're trying to to make it equal for everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's all about equality. I don't think, I mean, that that was another point we wanted to discuss, I think, is about the advantages for the women. I don't think mm -hmm. that that's the case, to be honest.
1: So I hear a lot that in today's business world, it's easier to be a woman and that you will be hired more easily because you are a woman into certain positions, even though you might not be as competent. And what I'm hearing from you is that at least what you're observing in your team men might be more vocal and hence look more competent than actually your female colleagues. So would you agree with this statement that it's easier to be a
0: woman in business today? No, and I think you put it perfectly right. I think the ladies really try to position themselves and they work harder on that than the men because the men are just more vocal, as you say, and they They're more convinced about what they're doing is the right thing. And there's, on average, less doubts about themselves, about the way they present. And and I would say the women are more challenged in in that context, but it's not an advantage to them uh, in the workplace. I think they still need to perform at least as good as their male colleagues, I would say.
1: And do you believe that this is a, a female issue. So is this something that, that women
0: have to work on, in your opinion? I think it's all about equality. It shouldn't be an advantage for the women nor for the men. It should really be uh, equal treatment, taking into account some aspects that are driven by, by the behavior of women, of men. I mean, there's also weaknesses that men might have, and we need to be aware of them and take them into account. It's just that in the business world, I think they're driving um, the business as such and the women need to make sure that they speak up and also advance with their behaviors. And it's just that it's taken more into account to have that reflection on on boards, for example, to to make sure we also have a a woman there to represent certain other aspects that men may not represent in the same style that a woman would.
1: And, and that's where unconscious bias also comes in right because a woman having the same behavior as a man will be perceived very very differently and that is even if you are conscious of this unconscious bias it still might come across when a woman is very very pushy and and, and more vocal and and blowing her own horn it is perceived quite differently and and so I like what you're saying about how women's way to compensate is through hard work what men can do with being more more vocal and um personally for you what have your biggest challenges been
0: on the one hand as a as a junior you always accept all the work that's basically drops on you i think that's something we also have to be strong about and and make sure we can balance what is the priority what we should do and not just do everything that comes along you know every job that you're given has to make sense and has to get you the right experience and that's independent of being a woman or a man but i think that was a bit of a challenge for me to really say no also to your superiors be it it a man or a woman in terms of um, other DNI aspects, in particular, I wouldn't say I had any any specific experience that that marked me. I think it was always helpful to have uh, good mentors. If you want to share an experience with someone who's maybe not in your team but a bit outside, a bit more experience, and you want to know how did they deal with a certain situation, then it's useful to have a mentor. And it's different if you have a female mentor or a male mentor because I had both and it's a very different type of advice that you're getting very personal obviously driven as well but I think the identification with the person is easier if they have certain challenges that you're experiencing as a woman that a man might not experience so I think that's that's always always very helpful and I think it's the small things that that are important just to know basically others have gone through the same experience have had the same challenges and how they dealt with it.
1: And um, these mentors that you mentioned, did you seek them out, or were they
0: provided by the company? Um, we have a mentoring program that's also part of the programs we have. That's one uh, type of mentoring that I that I leveraged, and I really appreciate. The other one is um, through the Actuarial Association. There's um the, the ladies also have a have a mentoring group, and I think that's also quite interesting because that gives you a mentor that's outside of your. Uh, of your work. And um, that's a completely different conversation that you're having than with someone who's working in the same place as you. Because with someone at EY, we would discuss the projects, the challenges, the the whole setup of the work, what's going well, what's going less well, what I might need to change, what's given by the firm, just in in terms of progression, challenges and, and career conversations, basically. Whereas if you have a mentor outside your company, you have a completely different view or perspective on the role that you're having the perspective that you're having um the perspective that they have outside what they have experienced and sometimes it gives you appreciation of the work environment you're in sometimes it it makes you think about what are the the pros and the cons but i think it gives you a good a good outside view that helps you also grow and be aware of of the situation you're in and and how lucky you are in, in, a given, in a given situation or what you could do better as well. I think it's, it's also getting that advice from an outsider, which is very helpful. Do you see
1: in your team, do you see any specific challenges that men
0: face and women don't? From my point of view, maybe one challenge they're having is they're very much focused on project delivery. You know, you give them a piece of work, they work on it, but everything around it is not probably priority for them. Whereas I think the women, that comes more naturally. They they think left and right, what well, could they could do in addition, where they could help, they offer to get involved into a variety of topics. So I think that's, that's probably where the men have more challenges, yeah. What I think would also be important is that we start with the younger girls, not just when they uh, start working. So basically providing um, events to, for example, high schools or universities. I think that the tech aspect that you mentioned, that uh, M-I-N-T, for example, or women in tech, is really key. And that's something I think we should push harder. And there's some initiatives also from EY, for example, girls in in ICT, where, where we have initiatives where we went to schools and have them program a bot, for example. So they are also more involved into technical aspects. And I think that needs to be less of a stereotype. And that's something we need to work up from much younger than only just at work, because then it's it's basically already a bit too late because the some sort of pre-selection was done. And the other part is really this, this standing up for each other between the females that I mentioned before. I think that that's really key that we have that allyship between the women and that trust. And I think the trust challenge is, is they're bigger than with the men for whatever reason. It's just a bit different between women. And that's something we need to work on as as women, because that's that's probably not helping in, in the workplace either to make sure that we have these allies between us and also stand up for each other and, and push for each other and, and support, uh, support the other women at work. I think that that's really key. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's an effect. That's something that comes from because there are so few women, right? They have had to work really hard to get to where they are and then project that on other women. And somehow it can be cozy as the only woman in a group of men, right? And then seeing more women come in might be frightening. But I think as more women come in and and there's this magic number of the 30%. that really is the, the number that helps you get into a, a different culture where the minority is not the isolated minority anymore, but has a, a certain weight. And then it becomes more, more normal. And I would think and I would hope that would uh, lead to, to more solidarity between women.
0: What do you wish you would have known at the beginning of your career? Probably a very naive one, but I think I would have wished to be more aware that skills and knowledge and content is not everything. I think that's kind of what you are brought up to. If you if you study in a, in a very technical field, there's so much more that you need to succeed in 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 business and then in, in consulting to make sure you have relationships, you have trust, you have um, a good team collaboration, and be aware of, of all these aspects to make sure um, that your work can be a success. I think that's something. Yeah, I would have been grateful to know in advance, to be honest, because uh, you come in very naive and you think, okay, you, you, you can work with your skills, but that's actually not enough. And you need to build so much more at work afterwards. It's a continuous learning path. That's one of the interesting takeaways. And the other one is probably. Yes, we have to acknowledge that there's a difference between males and females because I always thought, given I'm coming from a, from a technical background and it was really just about understanding the, the technical challenges, resolving them, but we need to be aware that there's difference in behaviors, in how you interact with people. It's, it's just a, an unconscious bias there and, and the awareness and the perception is really key. So I think that's something we all need to be aware and we need to reflect from the start of the career.
1: So uh, Corinne, what's the best way people can get in touch with you and, and maybe get to know a bit more about what you do or or maybe you're even willing to mentor some people
0: yourself? How can they get in touch with you? Um, sure, yeah. I'd be more than happy to get in touch with the listeners. So I'm, I'm easily reachable on LinkedIn. Just feel free to, to add me. Great. And I'll put the link to your profile in the show notes. Perfect. Sure. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for the time and the interesting questions. Thank you. This was Fish in the Boardroom. I hope
1: this episode inspired you to take action. And if you're willing to share, I'd love to hear what you're putting into place and what challenges you have, whether they're big or small. Each action matters. And to help you get started with your inclusion journey, I put together some selected resources that are relevant in a Swiss context. Visit fishindeboardroom.ch to download this tool and sign up to my newsletter to be notified when new episodes are released. As always, if you enjoy the show, you can leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and share the episode with colleagues, peers, friends, and family. Fish in the Boardroom is produced by me, Andrea Olman. Music is by Patrick Patricios.